Uh, this is Chuck Gadritis of Gadritis Knives, and you're listening to the Bladeology Podcast. Jump into this? No, that's not how it goes. How does the intro go? That's exactly <laughs> how it goes. What are you doing? <laughs> Just welcome to 102.7 Light FM. This is your host. <laughs> how does that? All right. That's exactly how it goes. We're gonna all jump right, this all like right, all we right. do every week. Mm. All right. 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 We're gonna jump into this like we do every week. Welcome to another episode. Of the Bladeology podcast. We are on this week with our original host lineup, and we are on with a guest. This is the vocal representation of Jeremiah Burbank from PVK Vegas. Nick Chuprin of NCC Knives. And Elijah Isham of Isham Blade Works. Sick. And we are on tonight with Sam from HEA Designs. How are you doing, sir? What is going on, guys? It is it is popping. It's it's rocking. We are we are we're on here and we are rolling. We're already we're in good spirits for this. This is going to be uh, an interview of, of epic proportions. Agreed. It's nice. going to be major vibes. It's we're vibing. So uh grab a snack, listeners. Grab something tasty to drink. Make sure it's as noisy as a uh... <laughs> yeah, as can be. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you're you're good. Peanut brittles and windbreakers <laughs> all the way around, my guy. That's it. Right, windbreakers. Right. <laughs> That's it. I'm just ruffling my windbreaker in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we were we were talking before the recording. Um, we were just we jumped into it about um, 3D printing and and 2D prototyping and all sorts of good stuff. But um, but Sam, what uh, What's clever, man? What what do you what are you working on? What what's going on? Tell tell us a little bit about uh about your your past week. Yeah, so uh, I just finished up some CAD I've been working on for I want to say four or five months. Um, starting to get interested in mixing up some materials. So hopefully uh, this year will be a little bit of a branching out. You'll see some new product types that we haven't done before outside of knives. And, uh, you know, we'll get into some new materials, some stuff that I've been excited to work in for a while now and kind of explore how we can make it cool. All right. A lot of stuff coming out this year. Damn. A lot of, a lot of stuff that, uh, you know how it goes, man. Like you're working on stuff for like years in a silo and like a dirty basement and like the rats are like eating your blueprints and, wow. you know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my life. I'm living this is that. The, time to this unveil. Is the, yeah. <laughs> that's... I ha- my Wi-Fi keeps going out because they keep chewing through the cordage. Oh, shit, man. It's like, whoa, okay. It's, Sam it's is actually dingy. working in a gulag, so it's totally fine. It's just natural. Right, right. It's totally Just okay. don't ask me about my KDR because it's, uh, it's not great. It's, it's all backwards, great. my guy. It's all Usual backwards. That's... um. That's I think that's Elijah's that's the mood and and space that Elijah gets into when he's designing. Uh, if I'm it definitely if I'm used correct. to be. Yeah. It definitely used to be. Yeah, just uh, like the darkest room possible, you know. Yeah. Hell yeah. Scale, you just turn on your uh, your computer brightness on to like 11 and just burn your retinas out. 
Sure. <laughs> While your pasty skin boils away. Shit, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> my guy. Bunch of half baked marshmallow man running around this motherfucker. Oh, God. <laughs> Shit, I must be doing it wrong then. Yeah, Nick, you're you're trying too hard, man. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I got like three monitors and a professional setup. And oh, no. no. Proper lights connected to Google. You got Google lights? No, man. All you need is like a Google laptop lights and a dish. And like 1,000 yeah. megabyte download speeds. All you need is a oh, two foot long laptop, man. It's fine. Like programmable really lights are the like 30 feet long. Yeah. <laughs> Like when I'm doing cat work, I go, hey, like, bingy, turn on the mood lights, and they go red, and I feel like I'm in a strip club, and I get in the zone, and I start designing. Yeah, yeah, that's a great mood for design. Like, (laughs) truly inspired. That's it. Candy, can you please turn around? I really need to make sure this blade profile is on point. You got hits handle ratio, man. <laughs> That's it. It's all about the ratios. They all be whole proportions too. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on now. I designed this model in the light of the peppermint. You what you need. <laughs> That's right. Nothing you don't need. Only the important stuff. Only, only the good stuff. Um, wow. Oh no. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jeremiah lost his train of thought. He's like, I don't, I don't even know how to follow this. What train? Um, <laughs> what yeah. train were we on? Uh, the train left the station a long time ago. So, <laughs> all right. So, Sam, uh, you design knives. <laughs> I partake. Um, you not, partake. Not, in, not as hard as Nick, because that's, uh, that's. I can't. Like, I can't wow. compete. Just, it's I hard do to do things right. I don't know how to tell you. It's true. It's, it's intense. True. Um, so how did you how did you get into this racket? How did you get how did you get mixed yeah. up with all the wrong all the wrong people? So honestly, like before I before I go down this rabbit hole of just monologuing, I do want to thank a couple people. Like, and there's a lot of people to thank, man, in the New York like tri-state area, let's call it, um, and beyond. Like, Nick is huge in that. So shout out to Nick, like for real. Like me and him were like one v oneing in the shop for a long time and a serious help like getting things started because he had a lot of stuff in his brain that i didn't know and knowledge transfer was never like a thing so shout out to nick um also just in the new york area john gray was huge um took me into his shop and let me make my own first knife then i'll never forget that um oh, wow and then you've Andre been Thorburn. to the area yeah man yeah man and andre thorburn in south africa he was uh kind of like a mentor away from new york but definitely a lot of knowledge transfer there too just yeah. to like get me started Andre um, us a lot back then i mean you also me you shout would sit out down to at the shows with a notebook oh yeah 100 percent. i literally would take notes when he would talk like it was that serious for me <laughs> We'd I both started. take notes, and then after we used to work in the same shop. After the show, we compare notes. Okay, you got the 100%. stuff about the detent. I got the stuff about the bearings. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then we would go try it out, and like literally ruin everything in the shop. And speaking of the shop, like major, major shout out to like NJ Steel Baron and literally everybody that was in the shop. Like they literally wouldn't have had a start without them. Like I couldn't have done anything. I couldn't have made custom knives without them. Like they enabled me to like do shit I wasn't able to do anywhere else. So, all right, major shout outs aside. Um, yeah, so it was interesting because I kind of came into it out of nowhere. I was actually like looking for camping and hiking equipment like years and years ago. 
and was like in the part of my uh I'm kind of like a research junkie. Like when I go and buy things, I like I kind of consume every piece of content there is on an object before I buy it. So I'm the one who like rewatches those YouTube videos just to see like how something works. And so that's kind of where it started and went down the rabbit hole of trying to buy a multi-tool ended up with like a Leatherman TTI, but I guess it started like way, way before that. Cause like I had like Swiss army knives growing up and that was like, always an interesting concept just to have like a tool that does kind of everything pretty good. Um, and then eventually like segued into like going to my first knife show. That was like the New York custom knife show realized there was just a group of amazing people partnered up with some of those people to go to my first blade show and blade show is kind of where everything changed. Um, I, uh, I'm a, I'm an engineer by trade, uh, initially, and then, you know, branched out into other things later on. But ended up meeting uh, John Grimsmo, um, which I'm sure all of you guys know. And uh, there was a couple small projects that he had in his mind for for CNC. And I come from like an electrical and computer science background. So I was able to like literally just ad hoc come up with a couple of ideas for him and just wanted to pick his brain on like what he was doing and eventually like downloaded SolidWorks and like got my hands dirty with some CAD and I was like, well, kind of want to make my own thing and see how that goes. And one thing led to another, I, I did like a 3d print. There's a funny story about the 3d print. Um, we can get into it later. Um, but yeah. And then from there I was like, I want to make my own prototype. I tried to look into like how much it would cost a prototype. I was so broke. It was like not going to happen. I was like, all right, I guess I'll try to make it myself. And then soon after, you know, everything with Nick and John and NJ Steelbear and all the guys and that kind of all just kicked it all off damn i mean that's that's a lot i mean nick it sounds like you're you're a clincher in there i mean to be mentioned in the in the same in the same sentence with uh thorburn that's um it's impressive stuff well i mean no, well, me, me and him met before the thorburn thing we were actually in a shop together working before that that was about like six months uh, then we like thorburn at the new york knife show i believe but before that i don't remember exactly how we got here and how we first met before we joined shops, it all started with like a six-hour CAD conversation and me walking them through the CAD design at so a diner. What year was that, this? Sam. That was early, dude. Like, I do remember that. Uh, I moved out at 17 to go to the NJ Steel. I'm assuming I was 17. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, so this was six or seven years ago, or I was 16. This was three years ago? That's insane. Yeah. It's like two That was eight months ago. ago? Oh, my oh, God. God. That's nuts. Because uh, he That's wasn't crazy. there yet, because I was already at that shop, <laughs> and then I told this him. This was before uh, Instagram, y'all. This is before Instagram. Yeah, before the age of Instagram. This is before the Sam internet? About... <laughs> yeah. Is this? <laughs> I was at that shop, and I told Sam that they might have available space, and then eventually he went towards that direction as well, mm. since he lived not too far away hmm. but i don't remember how we got to the, the converse that 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 day at the diner where we just sat there doing cat work and ordering very basic food this was also in manhattan so they're probably not happy when i was just sitting there for oh yeah we didn't care at diner. All. oh i didn't give a shit at all like it hmm. was so like i'm just gonna sit here on my laptop and draw things that probably would get arrested for drawing <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, he busted out a 3D at the time was uh, as equilibrium, and then I was like, "That's way too long." Call it EQ. I remember that. Do you? 
do you remember do you remember when i 3d printed it the first time or or no yeah do you remember how small it was when it was small also like the blade to handle ratios are so odd because the handle was giant and then the blade was like super narrow okay anyone who's a designer would appreciate this like so i do my first cad ever not i'm not traditionally trained in doing cad anything and I go in there and I'm, I'm out there like drawing shapes and trying to make this thing fit in the handle. And in my mind, like I spend like three months on this thing and I'm like, this is amazing. It's exactly what I want it to be, right? I go to 3D print it and it turns out all my measurements were in millimeters. So I get a knife that I thought was done in, in inches. <laughs> so it's like half the size of what I expected. And it's like this micro knife. And if anyone knows the original EQ, it's like a big boy. It's like a big knife. Um, so I was super disappointed when I got that 3D print back. Yeah, I imagine that would be a little bit of a shock there. You're like, wait a minute. Not not entirely correctly sized. That, that's not the only time where I've Cut seen you print. design something. It's and like, yeah, I want to get protos. This is later, <laughs> later in, tiny. in the Sam career. But remember those beads you made? Oh my god, do you remember that? That was I still have them. Like Yeah, right. no one no they're unusable. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Stop. They're not unusable. Yeah. They're just uh-huh. usable on a very, very small object. Yeah. Jeremiah knows the pain. He's done the similar thing. I've been there. <laughs> You're like, no, this looks good on the screen. And then it's like uh, he designed a bead and got it cast in China when he after his first production run and it was like a third of scale. Nice. Yeah, I found a really, I found a really interesting like jewelry maker, and their work was like really, really well molded. And the first like batch were like, it was supposed to be like a, I don't know, about the diameter of a nickel. And then when I got them back, I think they were closer to like a, you know, a T six torque screw than anything else. Holy, they're, they're like, like pencil, <laughs> they're like pencil eraser sizes. Wow. I was, I was like, I was like, well. <laughs> This that, isn't right. That didn't come out correct. <laughs> they looked super dope, though. Like, it's like like the face of... It, it looked dope. Hmm. Yeah, for that size, Just the casting smaller. was actually really good. <laughs> oh, hell like, yeah. You need fishing line to really braid them on anything. Right, right. That, that was actually the intended use case. Uh, I just oh, didn't share go. that with you. Right. <laughs> that, that was actually just for fly fishing. They were sinkers. I get you. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well... And duly noted, everybody, make sure you're uh, in the proper uh, measurement, you know, inches, not, or, you know, well, whatever your chosen measurement is, just make sure it's correct. Um, right, right. Be- before doing, you know, batches of it. Now, how many did you make? Um, I think that was a really small run. Like when, when, when I got the size right, right? Like uh, we're talking about, like, those are just the prototypes. Those so. are just the prototypes. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely worked out the kinks there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think the whole thing was like a hundred pieces. It was like oh, a pretty small right. run, but it was really cool though because we got to work with some really cool coatings. Like, we got to work with like a like a polished black coating, a polished gold, mm. uh, sterling silver for a couple of them. Those are those are pretty sweet ones. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do, and like the people who got them and like outfitted their knives with them, I think they really liked it. It was pretty uh, pretty special. It's like one of those things that's like kind of a small bead right but the amount of detail and design work that went into it was like substantial like we got into like kind of like these really cool like the whole idea was like we want we launched the eq and the saber tooth and we want to do like a saber tooth bead 
And so, like, it had, like, the long fangs on either side that overlapped, like, the underbite of, like, a saber tooth. It was just very cool. Like, the proportions were all right. And, like, the like the mane of the saber tooth was very interestingly done, like, kind of stylized. Um, I think they still have a few left somewhere. Hmm. Um, some of the dealers picked them up. Oh, that's neat. Okay. No, I, I love, like, I love lanyard beads. Um, like, I have a very small collection of lanyard beads. I'm not a big lanyard individual, but I like the beads themselves. Like I like, I like the look of like a cast bead. Like it's, it's such a neat concept to have something that small with that much detail. Um, I don't think I've ever put a lanyard bead on, on a knife before, but I, I appreciate the beads themselves. I it ends I've up being it like, like a, a car key thing. Chris like, Reeve. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think cause they you remember like, I think they still do it. They still like have them standard. So I think on like my first Chris Reed when I left it on for yeah. a while. Yeah. Oh, what is that not called? It's just like a, it's like a twisted, uh, yeah, no. That I know what you're talking yeah. about. I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. Oh, a little like cord a, thing? It's like twisted. Like a barrel? Or? It's like, it almost looks like a barrel, right? Yeah. Like it looks like a I'm straight barrel. It the Revis nut. Just... Yeah. And then you take it off <laughs> and it like rattles like crazy. It drives you insane. Yeah, there's actually yeah. a cool fix for that. I think if you hit it with like a little Loctite on the side, it, it does the jobber if you don't want it to. I like. I honestly like it as a shaker. I actually have one there next to me. Yeah, well, this one doesn't shake too much. Oh, you use an, you use the knife a couple times and it just starts falling apart. That's the worst thing. You know, take that lanyard off. It's like bad jinxing. Uh, the whole thing <laughs> yeah, just kind of. You know. <laughs> it just the whole thing was actually was just waiting glue. for you to take yeah. it. <laughs> That was they were just tempting you they were like oh go ahead take the lanyard off see what happens see what happens and then it's like oh it all came apart it's like, okay it's like when you move into a new apartment and there's just like this red button in the corner and you're like the fuck does that do like, don't touch that don't touch that and then, then you're just like in the corner like finger banging it while like the whole building crumbles around you like you're welcome to do whatever you want here just don't touch the red button and we're don't good do that. that's it right. we're totally fine totally fine um, so you guys are in a cafe or at a diner and you're, and you're rendering CAD and then you're doing, yeah. you're doing a bead. Um, what's, what's the next, where, where does it go? Where does the, where does it go from there? So HEA kind of transforms in a way. So I had something happen in my life that was, a uh, it was a bit intense at the time. Like my dad wasn't feeling too well and I was spending a lot of time working like splitting my time essentially between like my job and trying to get HGA started and I realized that I wasn't going to be able to dedicate as much time in the shop so I realized that like I wasn't going to be able to meet the demand of a lot of what people were looking for and I I think Nick knows this like I am a perfectionist like I look at things very critically like I like to have fun but when it comes to like what we're building, I really like it to have a purpose. And so half-assing it wasn't going to cut it for me. And so it took me about, I want to say a year from when I stepped away from doing full-blown customs to start transitioning things into more of a like design-centric brand where I'm taking the right time to design something the way I would see it the way I think it should perform so that customers can really, really enjoy it, find like some real value in it and bring some like design touches and design cues that maybe are only reflective in the custom market, but bring them in like 
I would say in like kind of the low volume production sector, um, which at the time wasn't actually a thing in some ways. It was pretty novel um, to do it that way. And the taking your time thing, I think, is important in some ways as well, is like to, to really test something, to really take a look at something and make sure that it checks off the boxes that you want it to check off and honestly like after we got that ball rolling it it's been a lot of like listening to what people want and what people are looking for and finding kind of the overlap between like what's possible what people want and what we think would be really really fun for our community because at the end of the day it's like what we're doing right like we don't do this stuff like just for ourselves it's really for kind of all of our friends and friends of friends and people that we've met because that's what it is for me it's like I get excited when I go to Blade Show mainly because I get to hang out with people who I've been looking forward to hanging out with all year. So it's uh, it's making it for them and reminding yourself that you're making this for them. And are they going to be excited to like use that and like carry that or even just play with it while they're sitting on the couch watching Netflix? Like I can relate <laughs> to that. Like I'm just sitting there and like while the great British baking show is happening, I'm just in the corner going like, you know, like the whole time. There it is. There it is. Great British baking show. It's it's been dropped. It it happened. <laughs> it, it happened. I've seen it. I haven't dove in there yet. I th- I think you touched on a couple pretty great things. Most of which, yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of times when people are designing and making knives, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of peer influence, or not influence, but there's a lot of peer acknowledgement that it goes in where you're like you know you know a lot of knife makers, you know a lot of collectors. And you're like, you know what, if I'm not making this for myself to enjoy, I'm making it for them to enjoy, you know, and then seeing the look on someone's face when they're when they're using it or enjoying that object, like whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge amount of pleasure that that comes out of that because you're like, I I made that I designed that. And like my buddy, who's also a designer slash maker enjoys it. And it's that's like the ultimate fulfillment of of doing that process, which is, is, is seeing someone else enjoy it and seeing, seeing them smile. Um, because the community is what it is. It's not, it's not some sort of giant corporate, you know, machine juggernaut that just keeps going along. It's really just a bunch of, a bunch of interesting people making, making cool tools, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, what I liked about it going in was there was a certain, generosity of thoughts among people within the industry that I really enjoyed and it was refreshing to see whereas like if you look at a lot of like corporate culture it's very guarded it's very reserved it's um it's not kind of putting your best foot forward in terms of like how you want to interact with other human beings it's not very genuine and so a lot of like a lot of the things that I wanted to do with HEA when we kind of transitioned it um, was make it really focused on the experience. So like I spent a lot of time on the website. Um, I spent a lot of time on making each product feel like it was thought through and like catered to. And even when it came down to like kind of what we did day in, day out, like it was always top of mind. It was always top of mind to like do things the right way, like customer service, taking care of like when customers have issues, like all that stuff just meant a lot to me because in my mind, I'm like, it's like everything was secondary to like the experience. 
Like when you have a good experience with a company or you feel like you can talk to the person who just sold you something, it's not about the transaction. Like no one buys the stuff because they need a thing to cut. Right. Like it doesn't make sense in anybody's world that I have 15 knives on my table right now. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Like, like I literally have decision anxiety when I have to open a package now because I don't know which one to pick up. Like you know, and then I'm like, normal situation. I'm it's kind of a problem. It's like, what knife do I carry today? Uh, yeah. right. I it's literally the best problem, though. Like, no lie. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. Um, but the whole idea is, is like, it's really like a passion thing, right? Like, we really like the stuff and we want our customers to like it as well. And taking care of them, I think, is a good path forward for them to like actually enjoy it. Like, I don't know about you, but like, I have, I have like knives that have a connection to the person who made it or the person who designed it. And literally every time I pick it up, I'm like, man, I miss that guy. Hope he's doing all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's yeah. a little bit of that in like every micro interaction. No, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. There's, there's a, there's emotional connection through the physical object, you know, the, where you, where you purchase it from, who made it, etc. Just like you said, right. You, you pick something up and then it's like, you just remember how you got it or, or who you got it from or, who designed it it's um again that comes back to that corporate culture thing like you don't pick up i don't know that you really pick up anything else exactly like you pick up a knife in the world and immediately remember oh yeah i know i know who the guy who designed this like you might be in a situation where you knew somebody who designed a pair of sneakers but it's like unlikely whereas in our community most of the time like people associate objects with names very easily like oh i know exactly who that person is or i know who that designer is and they can name them right right like i don't pick up my macbook and as much as i love (laughs) apple i'm not like oh jonathan i've what graces you've given me yeah different yeah (laughs) thank you so much for your minimal laptop and your wi-fi connection that's solid (laughs) as a rock like it's never it's never like that it's just it's just not it's just really it's just not (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like beads, knives, like pry bars, you know, whatever silly thing that, you know, you, you're purchasing, what, whatever it is that right. comes out of our community. It's absolutely attached to like, you know, you know a name or, and a face, you know? Yeah. Also, further questions. When did you switch the Mac for doing CAD work? Whoa. Yes, this. Whoa. Oh, shots fired. Shots Whoa. fired. Well, according to my Best Buy receipt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, when I switched to Mac was two years ago, it's the, around the same time I switched to fusion. No, more than that. Now, I guess three years now, three uh, years yeah, sounds fusing, about right. Using fusion, fusion for a bit. Using yeah. Solid at one point. I, dude, that was such a painful transition for me. I it's, was it's so hard, solid. I tried to use work. SolidWorks from fusion. I was like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> yeah wild by the way that like like i was surprised i even made the trend it was hard though i'm not gonna lie like i was my brain was so solid worky but after i made the cut over like it was i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's a no-brainer like i think there's some things that are still easier to do in SolidWorks, but i think in terms of like looking at the future like fusion's definitely that like and i, and I guess just because of my software background like there's certain nuances that i appreciate like the update cadence and like the attention to detail in terms of workflow and like accessibility of files was really important that I think solid work lacked and versioning was important. All this like nerdy garbage foo-foo stuff that like probably only like matters to a couple people, but matters to me. Um, but yeah, totally worth it. Even though I'm like, dear God, is it expensive? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I I don't know. I I don't do either one, but I mean, essentially, your interaction with technology comes down to a very finite and few things where you draw mm-hmm. the line, and you're like, this is what I'm willing to deal with, and this is what I'm not willing to deal with. Yeah. So I mean, you know, whatever whatever's comfortable, whatever works. Yeah, that's why I had to like get rid of the rats. You know, the rats were really sure. like driving. No. Yeah. That's the thing. You got to draw that line somewhere, you know? Cockroaches, yeah. fine. Rats, eh, too much. Too much, you know? It's true. That's it's it. True. You know, one of those will survive a <laughs> nuclear holocaust. The other one, eh, not that strong. So you got to get rid of it. You just got to move it along, you know? Like, sorry, guys. It's just, there's only so many inhabitants that I can deal with. Yeah, and is it really quarantining if you're surrounded by rats? Like, I, I mean, geez. come on. Like, is it really... No, no, not really. Other sentient mammals? I don't think so. No, I don't I think, think so either. You draw the line at they're exoskeletons. All carriers. Yeah, they're all vector species. That's the thing. You don't know. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, yeah. Oh man. Uh, all right. So you, yeah. So you, so you were, uh, so you decided to take HEA in a in a direction and and in there so we got into the mac fusion thing um help us on our timeline what's what's next i guess like it was a so i guess it was like a big deal for me like the first release after like kind of i wouldn't call it rebranding because it's the same brand it's just instead of it being customs it was it was like low volume production it really mattered to me that transition like to do to do that right was important and so website had to be like like well done like experience had to be well done the launch had to be well done and then it was also like very risky because i kind of threw everything into it like i'm sure i think nick has experienced this a couple times because we did it a lot when we were in the shop but like we were really all in like we i think we put our life savings into our stuff like time and time again like we didn't care like we were like this is gonna happen if it's the last one that happens you know like yeah, i don't know if that can job. relate now no yeah that's true everything i have no that's uh, true that's I, true i have a 2000 square foot warehouse for new york city that's no you're right <laughs> that's after Instagram. you're absolutely right nah, mine was different um, i literally came home from school I, you were an engineer i was my first semester into engineering school and I like know four weeks into that program i came home and i was like hey mom dad i'm out i'm moving out to jersey i'm gonna go be a i remember that here. i remember yeah, when you like, told me about that i literally dropped everything i was like <laughs> you know i'm gonna make this knife making thing work like I, it's i have to do it like i have a year to make it happen yeah man we both, we both had sleeping dude i mean i was in the same boat for a lot of that mainly because of just like the the responsibility on my family's side was like like that, that was always like a thing in the back of my mind. And I was like, this is, I want to make this work for many reasons, put it that way. Um, but like the first launch, I don't know if you guys remember, was like uh, the EQ, the Equilibrium version one and the Sabretooth at mm. the same time. Like it was like a dual launch, which is like, first of all, like, for, yeah, like te- for sure, for sure. Don't recommend it to anyone who's just... trying to kick something off. Just, just do one, <laughs> just do one. Because like keeping track of both was so so difficult, and they were so different, right? They weren't they weren't both knives. Like one was like a kind of a really futuristic, super cool flipper comb, and the other one was like kind of the first of its like profile in terms of like hidden blades that was like 
kind of a Persian-esque design. It was just so unique. And I was just like, you know, like if this is going to be the only thing I do, this is going to be it. This is going to go for it. So in the meantime, when he was designing the saber tooth, I was there alongside him. He's like, I don't know, like... I wasn't confident in it because, like, just for the price point. But he's like, I, they, they're asking if I want to go to M390, and this this one wants to go to M390 for a comb that has no edge. And I'm like, Dude, you're spending all this money on this thing. You got to get the price point now. Thankfully, it was, it was it was a really big success. Ultimately, he went with, like, S35 yen for a comb. I'm like, dude, get, like, 154. Get something that just hardens. Like, it's a comb. And, like, he's debating between S35 yen and M390 for a goddamn comb. So, no. <laughs> so one thing that I come to Nick a lot with, and he's been amazing for not like raking me for it, is uh, I'm usually very undecided at the end of a long project. And usually when it comes down to like one or two things, I'll come to him and like he helps just clarify like whether I'm like going insane or not. Um, <laughs> That's fair. You, you need somebody off, like that. It's off the wall. Like, <laughs> should we do this in M? M5000T? Yes. <laughs> we don't make that anymore. <laughs> <That's>... Damn. <laughs> Special make it. Roll it just right, for right. me. This is Damascus, but like one of the compounds is actually Silly Putty. So yeah. we don't recommend it for uh, spine whacking through forests. Well, is it going to be good enough for a comb, though? That's the question. Well, you can anodize it because oh. the Silly Putty is okay. uh, it's very reactive nice. in my scientific opinion. Okay. Very good. <laughs> That's the only way to do it. All right. I mean, y- you know, blade material is still a big deal. You know, comb or otherwise. It is. It is. So dual launching. Yeah, that sounds stressful. I'm not sure, you know, I guess get it done. Jeez. Yeah. It was fun, though, to be honest. Like, it was exciting and nerve-wracking. The nerves were probably the thing that killed me the most because I've been sitting on... You kind of put this orchestration together, and that one took me, I would say... It was almost a year for for the switch and then like a lot of the design work has been was already done for the eq because well the majority of it i would say was done for the eq because that was the first model i ever did and then the saber tooth was a it was kind of like a net new design like it was a new shape it was new everything and actually i wonder if nick remembers nick do you remember the first saber tooth when i did it as a custom and it looked completely different it had like a flat bottom and a rounded yeah. top Cut out the, we cut out the teeth with a bandsaw. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was ghetto. <laughs> that was that was particularly ghetto. <laughs> oh man. Oh wait, wait. Did you see the EQ or the saber tooth? The saber tooth. The saber tooth. EQ we did yeah, on the bandsaw. I think the saber tooth. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. No, no, the EQ also you grind that shape out. No, the the, the saber tooth is not on a bandsaw to put those teeth in, and then you took sandpaper and the true shine method to try to polish them out. Yeah, that was uh, there was a lot of funky things happening in the shop. <laughs> there was a lot of fun experiments and like, oh, do you remember the time I almost set the shop on fire? Like when I took the uh, when I took the which time, uh... which time? not <laughs> the, the time, one, one of the multiples. <laughs> We took like that, we were, there's like the heat treat oven, had the ceramic plate holder thing in the middle. And I just put it on the table yeah, and I forgot that the, the table, I, th- I thought that I forgot that the table was wood. Just put this here for a moment. That should be fine. It's no a ceramic problem. plate. It doesn't look like it's hot, but it, it doesn't look like it was hot. He pulled, he pulled it out of a 2000 degree oven. So that ceramic plate was still 2000 degrees. Nice. To be fair, like, oh, I yeah, didn't I know that. Out. No problem. 
to be fair, there was a plate there that was metal that was removed. Hmm. Like, like, like it, I wasn't, I wasn't just throwing it onto a wooden table. You're like, but effectively, I'll just, just set this here. It's fine. Totally <laughs> right. fine. This is okay. This just is deal good. With it. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. Ceramic and, and, you know, wood, they're, they're really just, they're really just cousins of materials. They're just, they just want to be together again. That's right. It's rebonding. <laughs> it's a rebonding right. process. So you guys actually, so Sam, you did a lot of this more custom before you really went production, but I mean, you really yeah. fabricated, um, a great deal more than, than I was, than I was, that I was aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I made a lot of stuff in that time when we were in the shop. Um, well, if I remember I, right, I, you made about 10 customs and 50 fixtures. I'm dude. So that was another thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're exaggerating, but yeah, like I, yeah, I definitely exactly. tore, I tore through a lot of material. So part of it was like, I was very dead set on learning mm. at my own expense. And okay. I kind of, I wanted to learn as much as possible. And like the way that I kind of went about it, I'm not sure if I would, if, if you have the time, take the time. In my mind, I was like, I want to learn. And so I literally tore through materials. Like I would literally tear through things to, to get like process. For me, it was more about like nailing that process down and, and experimenting within it to get better processes. So like fixtures and adjustments and the technicalities is what I was trying to learn and kind of manipulating things like documenting them so that I, so they were repeatable. You know what I mean? Like kind of like that. The engineering part of me was the deconstructive side of me was kind of taking over. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, he knows. I tore through a ton of material. I tore through a ton of belts. And yeah, well, and, we both did. We were there side by side trying different shit because we were both just learning, uh, trying to come up with different shit and sharing our results. Because back then, I didn't make a knife either for about three months. I just tore through blades, same as you. We were both just yeah. tearing through shit. Yo, what bothered you the most about that time, like in terms of like what we destroyed? Like, <laughs> like what was like the most gut-wrenching like there's there's like two things i think that bothered me the most like when i thought something would work out and it and it wouldn't when it like finally was time for it to come together for me that was like the most gut-wrenching and another thing that used to tick me off was like broken carbide i don't know why like like snapping like a threader like it just used to bug me out like mentally <laughs> I mean, it's it's different, different, different pieces of things breaking. It's never pleasant. For me, it wasn't. It wasn't the making. It was the atmosphere surrounding it. Cause uh, for you, it was part time. For me, it was full time. I would take a two hour train there and live on a yeah. couch five days a week for six months. It was months. tough. So I would live yeah. on a couch, wake up, and like what essentially was not. It wasn't the dorm, but it was a five roommate, three bedroom situation. And I'd go to work and just break shit all day for six months. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a time. <laughs> it, it was a time. It was a time. I'd say it was more of an experience. <laughs> yeah. But dude, honestly, like I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like I appreciate everything that happened there because like I learned a lot like in that time and I think we made like some some really good friendships when we were there and I don't know. It was it was one of those things like in hindsight like yes it was very challenging and probably like we probably pushed ourselves a little dude do you remember that that time before blade show and we were just in the shop until like 4 a.m every single night leading to blade show like <laughs> that blade show i wanted to sleep so bad that's, so bad that's stressful man that's still me today man that's just how it is <laughs> 
Yeah. But that that uh, we, we were like fighting for the grinder. I remember. <laughs> yes. Because oh, at that time there was two good grinders and one good grinder and then two shitty grinders, and we were fighting for the good one. Yo, the shitty one was really bad though. Like it was like it was the like, K- hey, was you want to make something? No, no, but it wasn't the it wasn't the grinder's fault. It was really the plate. Like it would just warp everything. Like whatever touched it, it would warp. Hmm. Like it was it was just not a good day. I mean, sometimes you know. So so all the milling on the saber tooth, you guys. So that's before Nick had anything. You guys were doing that at NG Steel Baron. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Major vibes, man. Major wow. vibes. Pulling back the clock on that one. Days, days of future past, huh? Okay. All right. Okay. So you, you guys are like in here and you're and you're you're working with, you know, it sounds like debatable tools at, at best, not that the Carpenter Blaine's tools, but you know, uh, and crunching for blade shows. So Sam, what 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 year was that? What was your first blade show? Uh the first blade show where I was where I had my own table. I, we actually shared the table with NJ Steel Baron. They were nice enough to let us have a section. Oh wow. Um I don't remember the year to be honest. I do remember like everything about it though. I remember I was, I was in, like no, you were there. All I the pain. There. That was the first year I did the collab with Rob. So I That's right. Rob. It was. But you did stop by. You weren't a complete jerk. <laughs> I, still, I, I still do my. I walk around Sundays. Yeah, mm. I sat behind the table the entire time. Like it was insane. And I had at the time. Yeah, and it was all it was all customs on the on the table pretty much. Um, that was before your production run. That's correct. Yeah, it was it was really early on, and it was actually right after that blade show that like things had to change. Like like I had to like change some things up, because hmm. um, of family stuff and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Like we came back the next blade show. I think we. I think I skipped that blade show. I don't remember. And then the next blade show, I had my own table, and I was like, yes, bam, like, boom, table, cloth, banner. That's, sexual orgasm sounds and that's then, how know, it's everything. done like, that's, 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 <laughs> in that order man and, tablecloth and banner that. and then yeah boom <laughs> that's the right way to do it uh-huh oh yeah absolutely just kick those rats out and you're good man that's it one two three um, Not gonna lie, i missed blade show this year man like it was oh uh, yeah it was Holy. such a pain that like i was just like damn had some fun stuff planned I think I think you are one hundred percent not alone in, in the room of people who are are bummed, bummed. That, that that did not happen. Yeah, Blade Show is an interesting one because it's like really big, but it's also not too. It's not like it doesn't feel that big after a while. I remember my first Blade Show. I was in awe. I've never I'd never went to like a, a trade show before, so it was like I walked in the doors and I was like, all these people care about knives. Yeah, right. all of them. Like, like, Every like, even that one. guy. Like, <laughs> like, that guy doesn't look like he gives a shit about knives. Like, no, oh, I guess nah, he does. Nah. All right. Yeah, that's that's way too many butterflies on your shirt, sir. Yeah. You give a shit about right. knives. <laughs> like, tuck, and it's like half tucked in and half not tucked in. Shit, yeah. And. <laughs> shit, <laughs> so... yeah. Yeah, because the first blade show is definitely overwhelming. Because your your first was my second. Yes. Because that's true. me going to Blade Show was the reason I left school. I, I went to Blade Show with my first like fold, working folded prototype, and everyone thought it was amazing. It was a piece of crap. Just people were being nice. And I was like, well, if people like it, I'm going full time. Damn. <laughs> I, I had, like, no, like delusions of grandeur in my head. I was like, this is amazing. Right. I could do this. 
<laughs> That's good though, man. Gonna like, own this place in two years. Hell yeah, kid. <laughs> all Pretty you much. bitches, all you bitches will be bowing down now. <laughs> Damn. If they had just been honest with you, Nick, you could have had a whole different life, buddy. I was like sixteen, with delusions of grandeur, like fifteen maybe. I was like, everyone likes this knife, and uh, I could do this, and I still have that one. And I look at it like, oh my god. Like, yo, kid, this knife sucks. Get out of here. Yeah, could Go you imagine what that? Could like, you imagine people what that are probably trying to be nice to a kid. Uh, that would have um, been such a funny interaction. Like, like somebody just slaps that out of hand. Man, get that fucking friction folder damn. out. Of here. Like, get the. It locked. It had a detent. It locked. What? It was hollow ground, compound ground. It was ahead of its time. Damn. It wasn't damn. just like Jello. Are you sure about that? Backspacer. <laughs> Water uh, carbon fiber, to be fair. Three damn, pocket clip. Damn. Did it have a lithium-ion battery? Damn. Did it have? Did it have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth? Was it? Yeah. It, was it Wi-Fi? It, it had that clip on there where me and <laughs> me and uh, if you remember, Sam, me and you were both trying to make the same clip work because we thought it was revolutionary. It was one screw in the pin from the bottom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The blind pin. Yeah. The blind it pin. had the pin. <laughs> You know what's funny? I actually moved away from that. Like, uh, I, I tried it at, like, at scale. I tried it, I want to say, three times. Um, and I pulled back and I did the double screw um, because I've noticed that when you do single screw, no matter how good it is, over time it ends up getting some wobble. Um, so it's just a good security mechanism to just have two. I still do um, one, but I do a 440 screw and then it, it snaps into a D-shaped inlay pocket. That's another good way to do it too, yeah. Um, I think it's like, I think when, when people want to like, I mean, I've had, I've had customers come back with like a night, like a pocket clip that's been like bent out of shape because it literally like caught on like a, on like a forklift. You know what I mean? Like, like that's like, so like in order for it to be like that degree of durable, I've always wanted to like make sure that like, you know, there's like two screws to just secure it in, even if they're blind from the back. I always liked that. I always kind of liked like blind screws. Like there's a utility, a certain utility to having them on the face of the knife, but depending on the model, it's nice to kind of mix it up and put them in through the back. It gives you kind of like that clean like look. I don't yeah. know why we just got into like design theory. <laughs> like... I, yeah, that's fine. Dive in, man. That's totally legit. Uh, th- there's a lot that goes into into building these tools, and uh, everybody's got their own style. Yeah, man. Speaking of style. Like, I remember, like, early on, like, in the Instagram days, I think it was such a small community. Like, I think Isham, like, was, like, Elijah was making stuff. Like, I remember the sketches from the early days. Like, I, rem- mm-hmm. like, vividly remember them. Oh, yeah. Because, like. They weren't really sketches. They were, like. Uh... They were awesome, though. Like, in terms of, like, what what was out there when you were putting those out. Like, Elijah's definitely ahead of his time. Like, without a doubt, in terms of, like, design language, in terms of the complexity of line work, like, I was like, there, it's just gonna, like, I knew it was, like, inevitable. I was like, it's inevitable that he's not gonna, like, come out with, like, a ton of designs. Like, the line work was so good. Like, it, I mean, you could just, like, if you, if you're, if anyone's listening on Instagram, just go scroll back through the pictures. Have you left them on? Oh, yeah. you left the old, like, all those scroll through the pictures now. Yeah. I'm scrolling through the pictures right now. Get it done. Yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, like I remember. Like, I remember like two years ago. I think I went back and like deleted the whole first like year and a half or two years of photos. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have most of all the first ones on there still. 
Do you really? Nah, I deleted yeah. all the first ones from when I was a collector. I remember, honestly, 2013, I first hopped on, and it was like nothing. Like, Jake Hoback was like the hot, new hotness. Like It was weird. But Elijah, you've been like, like the sketch work was like strong, and I watched it like evolve, and it didn't take long for it to like get more and more like detailed and complex. I don't know. I appreciated it. As somebody mm-hmm. who was like just starting I off like it. around the same time, like it was just, yeah. the line work was fire. Like it, the, the continuity from like blade to hand, like you were just doing things that like I always thought of like, this is like, this is good design. Like this is. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't do what I wanted to do like with a pen and paper. I don't know. I just couldn't because there was too much erasing. So I was like, until I figured out the CAD program, I couldn't. And then I did. And I was like, oh, now I can do this. There was still some complex stuff, to be honest with you, though. Like, there was some stuff that you were doing early on that I still remember was, like, I remember the first, like, compound grind that you laid in when you when you just started the CAD work. And that was probably from ignorance, not even knowing, like, how they actually work. <laughs> I was just like, sure, <laughs> throw some shit in here. Still cool, though. Like, I don't know. I think that's where, like, a lot of, like, there's a certain, like, level of, like, creative exploration that goes into things, I think, before you have to settle with what's, like, realistic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's, oh, like, definitely. that's where you yeah. kind of start to, like, see things that, I mean, your design language evolves, right? Like, I think, mm-hmm. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've gone through, like, phases where you're, like, this is out there, but it's working. And, like, other times you're, like, yeah. this is out there, and I kind of want to rein it back just so that it's clean and people get it. Yeah. You definitely, like, you have to reel it back. It's, like, is this even, like, a knife anymore? Like, I remember when I first saw your stuff, I was like, oh, okay, this dude's thinking outside the box. Like, immediately. That. With the equilibrium, I was like, okay. Finally, somebody's, like, coming along. It's, like, not, like, making, like, some, like, just whatever knife. Yeah, there's, I, I think the, I'm starting to realize that, like, there's what I like to carry and what I see, like, people carry more often is also changing. And so... Mm-hmm. I've been really into, like, the minimalism and, like, kind of the refined lines and things that really... Ergos have always been, like, paramount in everything that I do. And, like, I've been, like, really leaning into that. Like, the minimalism, the, like, kind of the longevity of a design and how comfortable... All that stuff starts to matter more to me now than I think it did ever before. Like, it always mattered, but now it's, like... Like, there's a couple models that are coming out this year that I'm like, man, like, those are going to be, like, not just, like usable and fun to play with but like they're just gonna look good a long while from now well that's the idea let's <laughs> that's, that's you never actually know well, yeah longevity in design yeah. yeah and most people don't really know what they want either until they see it so it's, it's up to you to like tell them what they want <laughs> like no you want this this is the new stuff <laughs> there's an element of that like there's the yeah. i think there's almost like a it's like two steps forward, one one step back, but you're still in that step forward, you know? Like you're still pushing it so that people can kind of see where you want to go or where they want, what they want next. But there's also a, like a element of feedback too that I always liked about like product development, you know? Like you get to make something that like, you ever, you ever like take a look at, I mean, I'm sure you guys are into like other stuff outside of knives too. Like for me, it's always been like watches and like EDC gear um and tech and like there's always like those products that are just like man that's like a great balance of like all the little things that i kind of wanted you know oh, like yeah. that's like a nice mm-hmm. mix of like you know i don't know sub three inch folder with this material and like that 
you know, style of bl- like whatever it is for you. Like it'll, I don't know. It, it kind of works out. It does always. It hits yeah. at the weirdest mm-hmm. time. Yeah, like something's in the in the zeitgeist long enough, and it's like sometimes dictated by consumer feedback, and then it just gets better and better. Yeah, there's a couple models I think that like with with HEA even that like we've been able to like refine over time, and I think that was a that was an interesting exercise. I try not to get too stuck into like a specific design or a model, but some of them like they're fun to revisit after a while. Like the EQ was fun to revisit for the V2. I was like, how can I do this different, but still keep the DNA of the original? And that was like, if you look at the two, like in in person, is in pictures, I think you kind of lose some of it. But in person, it's like, whoa, that's like a completely different feel for what that mm-hmm. shape could be. Um, yeah, I get that a lot too. It's like you do something and it's like fully done. And then once it's in metal, it's like totally different. So it's better to like design it better than it that it you could even imagine it being in reality. Cause it's like always like, I don't know, like every time it's always like less than awesome. Like no matter how awesome it is, it's like the drawings are always better. <laughs> Cause there's like that possibility of what it could be. Yeah. And then it's there. It's like, Oh, okay. I, but I think that's more for us though. I think that's, that's yeah, like less. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're waiting on a package and like and then you get like, it and it's like oh shit whatever. yeah it's like it's like this package you're like sitting in your living room, you're like this package is going to be amazing and like you have your pom-poms out and then you get the package you have to take the pom-poms <laughs> off of course yes and then and then you, you cut into the box and you're like mm, i like it <laughs> like you're like it's, like it's not you're right right all right this means you're my you most get a basic PM3, needs. <laughs> and then you're like, this is amazing. This is <laughs> goddamn amazing. Right, right. I have, I definitely have those, man. Like, I have my, uh, the knives that I just constantly yeah, pick. Shout out to Spyderco, as usual. Shout out to Spyderco, bro. Like, the Chaparral is one of my favorites. Like, Delica and Dragonfly are probably up there for me as well. And the Sage and Thai. I don't know why I just listed my spider co I, I, Anyway. Shit, yeah, guy. <laughs> Hell yeah. basic bitch of my life nice. right there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, okay. listen. Oh. I have two crickets. I have two crickets. Oh. From, you're, like, adding, you're just adding. That are, you got me. That are 30 <laughs> years apart. Me. So, like, me. I also nice. have an original Terzola from the original collab year. So, yeah. gangster. I'm all about that cricket. <laughs> Cr- cricket is, like, full serrated cricket with lightweight handle. Fuck yeah. That's my yeah. business right there. But do one any of my... you guys have an Endura One? Shit, yeah, so. guy. I have a full serrated Endura One. With the clip one. it? Ooh. With the clip it. With the clip Ooh, it. With the clip it. I actually just OG. found pictures of when Spyderco released a Black Blade, like Endura 4. And I bought a black bladed one and a stonewash blade with OD scales. And then I took it apart oh. and made a black blade od scales endura and i was so proud of myself yeah that was a while yeah. ago that i don't was, know why like the od green for me is like a guilty pleasure color it's like, nice I it's like really it, nice dude. i really like that like od green micarta i like like i have like a ton of watch straps that are an od green and like five yeah. different materials for like no it's reason just because i like the color it's nice it's please i don't i can't figure it out it's like a tonal thing or something i don't know it's great it's also very masculine i think yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's it's, it's it is it, it like it it ticks that box off. You're like, all right, I got this. 
It's good. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to go to war while Hell I open yeah. this box of Cheerios. Somebody's got to do it. That's the thing. People are like, how is this box of Cheerios <laughs> going to get open? And you're like, I'm going to fucking eviscerate it. I'm going to just take, drop kick them. <laughs> you drop kick them out of the way. And as the box falls, you grab it with your left hand and open it with the right. <laughs> like, do you have a knife? Like, yeah, I have an OD green knife. Like, it's good. Like, I got this. We'll get, we'll get this box open. We'll get this box Which open in double time. the question. Why aren't knives on the stock market? Come on. Wow. <laughs> Did you hear about that guy it's that was brain. trying to do like collectibles as like a as like a crowdsourcing investment vehicle? <laughs> no. That sounds like some a guy was like, like he's like, he's like hey, fail. do you want to be a partial owner of the Mona Lisa and put in twelve cents and as its value goes up, <laughs> you make money? <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, but honestly, I mean, art high art is traded much like that. I mean, people don't is. really appreciate the art; they just buy it to like hide money in. I mean, we all yeah. saw Tenant; we know how this works. Okay. Yeah, I'm you pretty much going to gonna time travel and then time travel again right. and then walk backwards for yeah. half the movie yeah. and then oh, I but don't want to watch plot. that for real. Those those <laughs> airport safes, those are real. They just they just keep stuff in there and then they don't they don't pay taxes in them. So they just keep how like hard million dollars eyes glaze over in that movie. Oh my like god. How, like how, three quarters like, of the way through I was like I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. Like that this movie is you have pretty, to like, watch pretty colors. That's it. You gotta wake up so early to watch that. You gotta yeah. wake up like before your brain wakes up. Like you oh, yeah, no, it was, it was and then you go and watch sense. Primer, and it's like everything pales in comparison. Pretty much. I mean, Primer, try to explain Matt to me. Like Primer, Primer was Primer was great. Uh, Tenant was just confusing, and you're just it like, was, none yeah. of this makes any sense, <laughs> guy. Like, sorry, no, like, pass. It's just wasn't fireworks. Primer, wasn't Primer the one where? Wasn't it, it's wasn't like the, the most complicated we... time travel movie ever. I don't know that that's so, true. <laughs> to be honest with you, like I think after I watched that movie, I looked up to see like if anyone could explain it concisely. Like, yeah, oh yeah, there so was like, like four-hour videos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, there was an infographic. It. There was an infographic of a guy trying to draw like a flowchart diagram of what happened. He's like, I got this. So here's the thing. Got He's my chalkboard. Like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna make this happen. You're gonna understand. Went so hard. <laughs> somebody's gotta do it you know you get confused when you're watching primer what's the next step swap the scales on your spider co man you're good you're fucking all set and then you realize you put it together backwards and <laughs> you gotta go back in time to fix it and then it's a new plot really it, it's, it's a whole it's, it's a whole other thing it's a whole other not, thing it's not tenet it's really 20 it it's the it's a sequel right right exactly <laughs> um so so transferring into production with the with the EQ V2, um, yeah. What's what's the next step after the after the EQ? There was a lot of things that happened between I think the EQ and Sabretooth and the EQ V2. Um, oh, the antidote. We did, we totally skipped over that. Yeah, so that was actually an interesting, like, the vet. So <laughs> there's two models that I think were in between. There was the poison and antidote, and then the wingman. The Wingman, I think, was, from a design perspective, I learned a lot of lessons with the Wingman in terms of, like, just because people really like it doesn't mean that people are going to pick it up. <laughs> the Wingman took a while to to sell, and, like, it was a polar opposite with the Poison and Antidote. I think Poison and Antidote are up there with, like, the Hunter 
and like the Falcon in terms of like how excited people were about it. And it was like matched in like how excited people were to get it in hand. You know what I mean? Um, so there was so much design time put into the wingman and the poison and antidote. And again, like poison and antidote were like also like another dual launch. It was like two versions of the same model, but both of them kind of approached completely differently from like a design perspective, like both futuristic, but one like carrying that pattern into the handle and the way we were going to execute it was going to be like pretty unique at the time. So a lot of that was like exciting. A lot of that was exciting for, for me and like just to, to try to explore something new. And then like, you know, the, the wingman being kind of like the cyber truck before the cyber truck, you know what I mean? Like it was like one of those models that was very polarizing, but like if you liked it and you could get behind what we were trying to do with it, it's like, damn, like it's, you'd be hard pressed to find a knife that has more interesting angles. That's like, true. In terms yeah. When you look at it from different, it, it has a stance almost like a vehicle. Um, interesting stuff, man. It got the, a lot of like, go ahead. Yeah, no, the, I was going to say just the wingman is, it. I feel like it is one of those, um, like you can see it from afar and you're like, whoa, like I'm not sure what's going on here, but like it's intense <laughs> and it's very angular. Um, so I mean, yeah, right. in, in many ways I, I can totally, right. You're either, you're either 100% in or you're like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what's going on here. Like, right. I'm just, yeah. I'm just not sure. <laughs> and um, apparently it sparks, uh, inspiration for upcoming knife companies to name. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So they, they got in on the, on the naming. Um, right. <laughs> go, go in a little bit though. Explain a little bit about, um, about the, the differences between the, the poison and, and the antidote for the, for those who weren't, um. Yeah, so they were the the shape of the saber tooth was always intriguing to me. I think it still is. It's still one of my favorite shapes. It is that rounded, elongated pill shape? So I studied like ergonomics for a while after I got into like designing knives because I really wanted to kind of like go back to basics in terms of like design language and design theory, and make sure I was approaching it like as much from like an aesthetic and usability perspective as it was like an academic practice, and so. If you look into like ergonomics, you can't beat a rounded, approximately one inch diameter handle. It's why a lot of broomsticks are that shape. It's an easy shape for people to grip. Um, it's comfortable irrespective of how you initially picked it up. And so that kind of rounded pill shape was very intriguing proportionally because it fit almost every hand size. like like going down from like an extra small glove to like an extra large glove, like it fit all, all those proportions and was still extremely carryable. So like there was always something interesting to explore that shape further and further. Even actually this year, this year we're going to have one, maybe two models that are going to like revisit that kind of design language. Um, and like, and like the whole idea was like, I wanted to design something really pushing the futuristic boundaries. So that was the first time with the poison that we did like deep mill lines on a scale to bring out like a design language that was brought in from the blade to the handle. So that was like a kind of like using milling to kind of tie in a theme. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought it was like, it was a lot of fun to do that knife. It was a lot of, we got a really interesting response because a lot of people like the minimalistic clean lines of the poison and then on uh, on the antidote and then on the poison with the with the mill work they were like damn this is something like unlike anything i have in in my collection i was like that means a lot like that's that was the whole idea 
Um, and that, I think, was actually a Blade Show launch. I think we did that one at Blade Show. So getting that feedback raw in person was, like, primo. Like, couldn't have, couldn't have asked for a better reception for that model. Given how small I was at the time. I was, like, I was really, really, like, early on. Hmm. Well, that, that is legit to, to get that. In-person feedback is about 10 times more interesting than, than over the interwebs. For sure. You get to see people's reactions. You get to see kind of how they just going through the trend. Like there's something nice about like just giving somebody something in person. Like Mm. it's like, it's like when somebody ships you a gift, it's like, it came from the UPS guy, but like when, (laughs) and like, as much as I love Dave, like, like there's a limit to how my love for Dave. Right. Like there's There's just so much Dave love you can have. Right. And then and then when you have it, like, like the maker gives it to you or like you're, you're handing it to like somebody who's been like really excited about it or they were intrigued by the teaser pictures on the internet. They're like, damn, that's like, that's a vibe. Like, that's pretty cool. And then like people getting behind it that way, I think is, it's a, it's an experience. It's, it's fun. Hmm. On the other hand, my Dave is a Brenda and I call her Mrs. Claus year round. Damn. Wow. Always bringing those presents and getting yeah, she weirdly. Works. I get like four packages a day. Did Brenda, did Brenda have printers. a baby? Damn. Oh. Did Brenda have a baby? Are Old sure? Tupac reference. Never mind. <laughs> I was the same male lady for four years, and I've never seen her take a day off. <laughs> so when... Hustler. We'll roll back a little bit. When when you jumped into production stuff... Um, yeah. How how was that? Because you were, I think you were doing... You were, you were dipping your feet into territories that were more rare for that time. Yes. Um, than it is now because yeah. now it's very just like yeah of course duh but i think when you yeah. were doing it it was a little it was it was it was new territory well relatively new. it was it was relatively new i would say like i mean i don't i don't know like i, I don't know who was doing it before like i'm sure it, it was more just uh it was challenging because there wasn't really pathways for me to like tap into and i was very you, when you make a transition like that, you go from making everything yourself and all the onus is on you for the quality that comes out, right? And then you kind of transition some of that power away to a third party. But in some ways, like it, it needs to carry your DNA and it needs to carry your level of attention to detail. And so seeing like where I could find suppliers and partners who can kind of think the same way and fit all the requirements. I mean, I, I was very particular. So that's actually what took the longest time was finding a way that we can do it right and do it as a brand, not do it as I'm getting this commission by X company. I didn't care about that. I wanted people to know that if they bought something, and I still feel this way, is that if you get something from HEA, it comes from me. And I stand by it and I can, like, I'll take care of you as a customer. Because you're, because like, it's not, best way for me to put it is like, you get, something from a company and you you rely on that company for what comes out of there and everything from like the quality control on the prototyping stage to the final product when it comes out and like it's getting quality controlled and like sent out and like to this day every product i ship out from the hea website comes with a note from me like it doesn't like like and i i handwrite the note and it's it's a short sweet note it's nothing nothing crazy but that means a lot to me because like you could literally buy knives from anyone but you chose to buy one from me and for whatever reason that is some people just like the design some people like like the interaction some people you know want to support like 
something unique and whatever the reason is like I appreciate it like and, and I mean that I'm not just fluffing like it, it means a lot to me because I mean I know what it's like to support small makers like I there's a couple leather makers a couple knife makers like there's there's watchmaker like there's people that I like that I I think about it that way because it's your hobby right it's not really like uh I'm not buying a vacuum here Right. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not just like fucking give me a vacuum. Like as long as it sucks good, like I'm fine, which is also a criteria for other things that you purchase, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but the whole idea was, is like, I you really have something that like is designed and really cared for end to end. That's, that's kind of cool. Like, even if it's down to like the way that, you interact with me. Like you get emails from me, like letting you know, like this is the tracking number immediately when it ships. I don't know. All that shit means something to me. All that stuff matters. Cause if I was on the receiving end, I would like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, Um, I I think that's, I think that's an absolute importance and you know, customer service is not to, not to boil it down to that, but it is important. It, it really is. Cause you're absolutely right. These are not commodity items. Like you're not like, Oh man, I gotta go to the grocery store today and buy knives. Like that's not happening. Like, <laughs> like it's like you're choosing to, you're choosing to invest in something in some small way. And yeah, if someone chooses you, I mean, it, it is, it's like, I've, I've done that before where you're just like, I don't know, I dig this and I'm, I'm you're going to buy it, you know, whatever it is. And, um, and getting a note with somebody is absolutely, it's a very personal thing to do, you know? Yeah, it's a, I've always thought about things kind of like from scratch in terms of like how interactions go. So like, if you think about kind of like how commerce started, like a lot of it was like, it wasn't even purchasing, it was bartering in the beginning. Like Mm. people would be like, yo, I got these four apples. Can I get a bread? And they were like, yeah, bro, I got you. And that's how every transaction (laughs) went in like ancient Greece. Cause that's, that's, that's exactly how they talked. Um, no, that's yep, exactly. That's correct. Hundred <laughs> yep. percent. I have no doubts. Yep. <laughs> and that was like a thing, right? And then eventually it became like, here's this like, here's this money with an old guy's face on it. Can I get a bread, right? And, and, and then like, it started to kind of devolve from there. It all went downhill. It all right. went downhill. It became kind of a cold, I guess, because uh, I'm from New York. So, like, a lot of the interactions we, the, let's call them micro interactions, you have with, like, when you're buying stuff, it, it's very cold in a way. Hmm? It's like, and especially with, like, tap to pay, where, like, I don't even have to talk to you anymore. Yeah, just don't like, even look I at can, me. Don't even yeah. fuck at me. Don't, do not, if you make eye contact, <laughs> I will literally murder you with a cucumber. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, like, it's this is so different, right? Cause like the internet's tough to get that, that connection, get that. So small things I think go a long way, like being communicative and like letting people know like where their stuff's at and like that, you know, if you need anything, like we're here and I try to be as accessible as possible through those mediums so that people can like feel supported through like the buy, let's call it like a buyer's journey, like the journey that they go through when they're like trying to find your stuff. Um, yeah. So like it, it's, it means a lot to me and i think hopefully it means a lot to the people on the receiving end yeah no I, i'm you know what i'm 100 percent sure it does honestly 100 percent sure it does because it, it counts every interaction like that counts um but but yeah so i mean that's i don't know the, the production thing is just it's such a 
it, it, it is a crazy thing because like you, you take something that you were doing on, on such a personal one-on-one basis and then you, you change that. Like you said, you change that sort of um, relationship with the, with the design and with the physical object and it's still you. It's just, there's like another aspect to it. And I think making sure that, that you are, you're still omnipresent in the process is, is absolutely important. And I try to get really involved. Like I, I'm not very hands off. I'm pretty, pretty critical. Like it's one of those things that like, um, it's kind of the serious side of things for me. It's like where I really spend time and I don't rush things that aren't correct. Um, we try to push the limits on like what we can do and to make it as sustainable as possible for it to be reliable and comfortable and like, like, I think in the time we were like when we first started, I know it's more commonplace now, but having everything feel good, if that makes sense. Like if you hold a knife without looking at it, does it feel right? Like, does it feel good in your hand? Like, does that matter? Like, do you feel the edge? Like what, what's sharp other than the blade? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how are you going about this experience? I think uh, Andre Thorburn actually like told me something and it was a, uh, it was a very interesting in the custom world, it was probably makes more sense than in the in, in production, but it was always an interesting thing. He was like, he was he's like, do you hear that? Like, do you hear it when the knife opens? And if anyone has a Thorburn, like, like by your side, like finger it, flip it, see what it sounds like. It's different. And, and it's on purpose. Like it's, it was just a cool thing. Another, I think, um, I think it was, um, wow, my brain's blinking. We can move on. I'll think of it in a minute. Um, another, yeah, another interesting piece of advice though came from uh, Todd Begg. Got it. Nailed it. Um, and he was like, one of the one of the signs of like good design is like, even like like make sure you don't leave a part of the knife that doesn't have, make sure you don't leave a part of the knife without it. It was along the lines of essentially like like make sure you leave your mark on the model make sure you leave it where you can and make sure it's present and if you look at his work it's it's that way it really is that way where like he leaves his mark on every part of it like whether it's the construction or just like the design intent and like the market it was going for like he just like it's it's giving a shit i guess is the best way to put it yeah no it's it's right it comes it comes back to that knife on the other side of the room thing right like you can sort of see someone handling a knife or like see a pocket clip or, or you could see something and then you just sort of you know get triggered as we all do and then you just like your mind flips through a rolodex and you're like i know exactly what knife that is and and that's because of of things like that the overall features scream one particular person's design aesthetic or manufacturer you know you're, you're like I, I know who built that i know who made that i i know who designed that like you know and I think the evolution of that is interesting. And that's something that like, I think this year going into next is something that we're exploring is like the evolution of that, the, the refinement, I would say of that so that it can be something that is an everyday carry. It's something that people can really enjoy day in, day out. Like I test my stuff pretty rigorously. Like there's a, I just put a teaser picture out today. Um, when I found out we were gonna we were gonna record this today, I was like, you know what? Let's let's leak this, and uh, it's of a new model, new product type actually. Um, 
And so even that I've been carrying for two and a half years hmm. and literally beating it to death and to see how it holds up. And it's been on, it's been in my pocket literally for two and a half years and it's just oh, wow. coming out within the next like month. Okay. That's exciting. Blurry yeah. images. I love blurry images. <laughs> so do I. My favorite is the DMs afterwards where they're like, uh, excuse me, sir, like your picture isn't loading on my phone. And I'm like, wait, like, what? You know, like, you know dude, what? Like, like, just like, wait a little longer. To, I think yeah. you have to go back to Apple and I think you have to exchange yeah, your phone. Oh, swap that phone out. <laughs> that phone's broken. You need new phone. New phone. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, it's not it's a misdirection. It's not my Instagram. It's your phone. Like, don't, you know. Right, right. Just, just get out, get out there. By get, the time they get a new phone, it's like the product's already out, and they're like, "Oh man, it was the phone all along." Like, damn, see that? <laughs> These pictures all load now. It's like totally fine. This is why you needed the the thirteen and not the twelve. You know, see like that. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there. So that I mean, your 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 models, your your designs are definitely it's indicative, right? Like they're they're knife across the room. Like it's you can you can see it and you know exactly exactly that it, that it is yours, right? Um, I, I can I can feel comfortable saying that. So I think that you've taken you've taken all those all those advice from all those makers and and put it to put it to work um, and and executed that. Because I definitely feel like you know, model to model, there's a there's an undercurrent, right? There's um there's a design language that is clearly clearly uh, yours. You know, you can you can see it and say that's that's an H E A knife. Uh, so that I, I would have to say that that was that was a success on that part, um, for for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's tough. It's tough when you kind of continue on right like you can continue to push the limits of shapes and and ergos and and at some point i think we're we want to start pushing it in a different direction we want to take some of the principles of the design as opposed to just the profiles of design so ergonomics usability like continuity of lines a lot of that stuff is mattering so much more to me now than i think it did in the beginning it mattered a lot in the beginning. It's just, again, amplified, amplified now. Now that we're like kind of drawing back the curtain and cleaning up kind of the overall aesthetic, I just think it's going to lend itself more to like what people want to do in terms of using their knives and like carrying them all the time and like really putting them to work. It's, a, it's an interesting kind of fusion between like what we had before and like where we want to go next. It's kind of like those steps that you take to get there. Um, and it's all intentional. None of it's like accidental because of how much time we spend in the design process. Yeah, right. You're like, nope, this is definitely happening. This is not, uh, this is not overlooked. This is, this is an intense, <laughs> this is an intense design session. This is happening. Right. Um, so yeah, so you, you see you're, you're sneak peeking a new model, which you're saying you've carried for two years. Yeah, a little over two years. Yeah, it's been... Uh, I've actually also had first time, like, because it's one of those products where, like, I can actually leak it here so that anyone who's listening to the podcast will know about it first. Bam. Um, it's, uh, it's a new take on a carabiner. So it's a completely new take on a carabiner. And it's 
the most carryable carabiner and secure one that I found. And honestly, I've had everyone in my circle testing it too, which was kind of cool. It was like, it was one of those tools where it's like, people don't have to be afraid of it. Like it's, it's something that I can give to like, yeah, right. You're like family members and friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like go beat this to death where like, if I gave them a knife to do that, they'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> what like, am I supposed sure. to do with this exactly? <laughs> right. So it's, it's pretty cool. There's like a, what was really cool about it is its proportions. It's designed to be as compact as a traditional carabiner like a traditional key care, like something to hold your keys, but it's like 10 X more secure because there's a closed off area that isn't opened up. So if you have a key ring on it, it stays on it. Um, it can hang straight off of a belt loop. You can clip it onto a backpack. It has some cool fusion of material. So there's like an inlay in there. It's just, it's, it's very different. Um, and not like you've seen kind of like the industry kind of go towards like the overbuilt, like, I'm going to like hang myself off a cliff type carabiner. It's, it's not like that at all. It's a lot more like minimal, thin, practical, and it's like design ethos and still like carries kind of like that HEA flow in it in its design. So it's exciting. Uh, yeah, that is exciting. I think, I think um, that that's a really neat um, divergence from knives it's slipping into the, into the, into the gear section. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it is, it's a great market and it's a great, it's a great problem that everybody wants to solve with something, right? Like a everyone's everyone's like I want to have a carabiner. Like I, you know, I went personally went through a huge phase of my life where I was just like that's it, like carabiners on the jeans all the time, like <laughs> right. hanging keys, like that was Zip the thing. Off, uh, I don't know. Pants. I've gone through around. I've, I've designed them, but like all these tactical titanium giant like carabiners, none of them make sense. None of like yeah, keys don't actually yeah. fit on them. You have to right. put a ring on them, and uh, they're just huge. I don't understand. I don't, I don't see, understand. Sam's that just solved that problem. Sam so just, just like, walked in here like, and did it. I was thinking the same exact thing. I, I like, the, like the new style of those one piece water jet ones that are tiny, and I use that on my keys. I connect my on my keyboard and my car keys with that. Yeah. It's like three quarters of an inch long. They're smaller, just one piece of water jet carabiners. I know what you're talking about. Those are those are pretty sweet. Like like yeah, in terms like 10 of bucks like, on Amazon. Those are great. Like those giant yeah. like the big full size ones. Right, uh, right. Like I never could get behind it because like I don't like carrying a lot of shit that like I have to it has to mean something to me for me to carry it. And like I felt like something like that's already the same size and I modeled it off of like the carabiners that like we use. Like like just the, the regular like ones you buy from, you know, your Walmart or Home Depot and like the proportions of it are like, I wanted to do it like in an interesting way though. So like I wanted it to be machined. Like I wanted it to feel premium. It's, it's all 6AL4V tie. It's like durable and like, it just had to be crafted, I guess is the best way for me to put it. Like I wanted it to feel crafted. I wanted it to feel intentional. Um, and still practical. Like it's holding keys. Like it's not supporting my weight off of a mountain right <laughs> like it's not yeah. it doesn't need to be that and it also doesn't need to be a screwdriver because i i, I if i'm gonna be screwdriving open bottles at least if it's not they'll make it. <laughs> oh my god oh, oh god my. i love how i love how that was like a thing for a while and i like i remember everything I remember has we, to open bottles man everything has to open bottles bro 
Like, I would go to the toilet, and, like, the toilet paper was opening bottles. You were like, damn, and I was like, oh, this fancy toilet paper popping bottles. That was like, the most damn, stupidest bro. trend ever. I've never carried a bottle of gum <laughs> in my life. Everything's a bottle opener if you're brave enough. Uh, <laughs> a bottle. And then I met, I met a, I met a kid in, in college. I remember I'll never forget this. Like we're sitting down and like, you know, the Mexican Coke, by the way, best Coke ever. Like yes. delicious. And oh yeah. Look, man, we're, we're not advertising cola products. Don't, don't, bring, uh, <laughs> don't, don't that out. Hashtag okay. not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and we're just sitting there and like, there's these four bottles on the table. And my, my friend from, from Kenya, he, he literally grabs the bottle off the table and opens it with his teeth. And I was like, that's the most gangster shit I've ever seen. In my I, life. I, I was that kid. Damn. <laughs> I was like, that's, Damn. that is a man with no care for his oral health. That is, nah, I used to do that until I scratched my gum and I was like, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> If you just get the angle right, I think, you know, I don't know, you probably do it. I've never done it. Seems like a stupid thing to do, but I don't know. It's pretty simple, or, but yeah, I don't you recommend open it, it with your fingers. Oh. That's, that's a possibility. <laughs> that's really <Yeah>. hardcore. <laughs> Leverage. I open it eye. with my rusty toenail. Yeah, that's it. Take your shoe off one moment, sir. I'll get that for you. Just crack that coke open. Worry not about that fungal treatment. That's... That's hey, right. that no mind. Don't look at that. That's all right. So your carabiner doesn't have a bottle opener. No. So that was actually an I, I intentional thing. Because uh, introducing... <laughs> Jeremiah's uh, no longer excited. <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. So the whole idea was that it was an option to jerry-rig like a, a bottle opener into it. But when you when you see it, you'll you'll kind of get a feel for why. It's so rounded. It's so comfortable. It's the most comfortable thing that will probably hold your keys. Like, there's no sharp edges. So, like, in my mind, I was like, I want something that people aren't worried about when they carry it. Like, they're not worried about it puncturing a hole in their backpack. They're not worrying about it scratching up something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a roundness, a softness to the object that I wanted to retain that would be... You kind of lose the design intent when you start comboing things up. You kind of get that Swiss Army effect where, like, the effectiveness of one tool drops as you continue to add things to it. Um, and so like, I wanted to keep it as like, when you see it, I think you'll get it. Like there's a roundness to it. There's like a kind of no hard angles look to it. And and like, it, it's a vibe. It's, it's like its own thing. I'm intrigued. Okay. No, it sounds good. I, I agree with the, the more tools you have, the less useful each one of those tools is. Cause it's true. Like, on a Swiss Army knife, you, you don't really need all that. You need like four or five good things, and then anything beyond that is totally just like this is this is garbage. Like if I needed this tool, I have this tool. I would just go get this tool. Right, right. It's almost like getting it done versus like getting it done right. And I think that was a lot of cause of a lot of pain when we were in the shop was Nick and I just trying to like fix things with things that aren't meant to be used to fix it. <laughs> like this. Just... Why isn't this working? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like hitting glass with a hammer to realign it, pretty much. Sure. <laughs> Wait, like, that doesn't work. That. Or... I'm confused. No. Oh. Okay. The oh. bigger the hammer, the thinner the glass, the better it works. Actually. Got you. Okay. I have it on good authority. So it's one of those squared things. Like you're just not doing it enough. You just gotta double the double the intensity, and then you're good. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Do it harder, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir, you're not doing it hard enough. 
okay, I got it. I got it. That's All also right. a lot of like good, like you know, artistic direction in porns. Like it's mm. it's really just just do it me, harder. <laughs> excuse me. Just tap <laughs> someone on the shoulder. If you could just do that a little bit harder, we're we're good. Like oh, okay, my bad. I'm on it. Yeah, like the, like these days, it's usually throw money at it until it works. And back then, it was how many random shit can we buy at the dollar store till this works? Yeah. So we used to make trips. Remember horrible freight. <laughs> horrible freight <laughs> horrible freight it's great it was so bad it is. dude <laughs> <laughs> we would no. buy like an end mill that's like cutting through the packages that's what you it's need like, we, we, we used to yeah. also like share like we used to like okay you buy that tool I'll buy this tool and like we'll oh, figure one out for which one, one works method? better okay yeah all right. right right like I, I had like wrench sizes like let's say two to three and he had like four to six like so this ghetto, makes dude. the most practice. This is it. Like this is how we make this work. <laughs> together we can make it work. <laughs> That's it. We're all in this together, man. We'll just make this work one tool at a time. Didn't cost you me a dime. You used to scare the shit out. Like I used to get so scared whenever we'd use the buffer, because like all the horror I'm stories I saw. I still don't let my dad use. My dad's been full time me for two years, and I still don't let him use the buffer. It's he only like uses the buffer like backspacers, <laughs> but no, nothing else. It's so scary, dude. <laughs> the only time like I know knife makers that died on the job was because of a buffer, and they, and two out of the three stories is impale, in, impalation, the art, made yeah. up the word, impalation, yes, in, yeah. impalation, impalation. I think is like what happens when you're not tall enough, and then you you die because of shortness. No, that's that's impalation. This is impalation. Oh oh oh! My apologies, Mary. Shortness Monster. of shortness of shortness of breath. <laughs> Your heart couldn't pump enough blood to the ear, ear extremities. I actually have that problem now, to be honest. Like, like northeast like winters are not fun, and like I don't have good circulation. Oh boy! All right. <laughs> Cold hands and feet is what I'm saying here. I gotcha. That's what all the all the gloves and wool socks are for. Yeah. Man. Electric socks. Hell yeah. Electric gotcha. gloves. Plug it in. I honestly have that same issue, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. I'm okay. like the damn glade over here. Yeah, let's let's talk about bodily circulation on this podcast. Yeah, let's make it real interesting just, for everyone. Just got real sexy in here, I'm telling you. It's just got real. Oh yep. boy. I'll, I'll essentially grind blades until my hands go numb, and I'm like, uh, I gotta I gotta do like some jumping jacks, move around, and get the body flowing. Oh my god. Hey man, whatever works, all right. Hey, that bucket's cold in the winter. The knives, yeah. the knives are getting made, and that's what counts. All right, it's true. All right, so there's, so at this point, we've gone really sidetracked, <laughs> and I think the last yeah. life we talked about was the wing. I was only like design like six or so. Yeah, yeah we're still early. If you we're, had if the we're hunter, going back to you them. had the slip joint. Oh, the falcon. Yeah. A falcon, man. A falcon. falcon was a labor of love. That is a knife that I would not let die. <laughs> there was a lot behind the scenes with the falcon. Are you saying that because I needed to die? What? Are you saying that it would you would not let it die because it needed to actually die, or like? No, it's because it was so hard to make it. It was so hard mm. to get it done the right way. Like it was oh, such okay. a. I I had a vision. Yeah, I hate that word vision because it sounds kind of pompous. But it's like I had an idea in my mind on like what I wanted it to be. And it changed so many jobs. times. Oh, so I'm dead now? So I'm the dead one now? <laughs> so I'm the dead one now. Speaking of Steve Jobs, wasn't it funny where he was like, you know, like iPads like are not going to work and like they worked? 
Anyway. This is all broken. It's a terrible idea. Like, you sir <laughs> are wrong. This is awful. And then, like, bigger phones wouldn't be a thing. And, then, like, there's an iPhone Max now. Anyway. <laughs> no one cares about your shitty Apple products. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are you still on, like, a Windows machine? Is that why, like, you have, like, I am Windows literally, pride? like, working on a three-monitor, super-clocked i9 processing beast. What's really funny is that your audio cut out, like, three times, okay? So, like, no, all your no. clocks and all your Fire speed, shots. and you don't have well, enough to be honest, I have to the, talk. I have the wor- <laughs> well, in the background here, I'm running two, two folders of Fusion, a YouTube video, the Bitcoin stock market, and, and like, a giant Excel spreadsheet that's, like, seven years old. So lots happening here in the background. Maybe you should restart your computer. <laughs> Maybe you should. I can't, honestly, I can't even afford to because of the amount of shit that's open. <laughs> this computer needed to update like three months ago, but it's like you have to you have to close everything. I'm like, no, nah, that, that doesn't work for me. Like, no, nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I'm like three Google Chrome's behind because I'm like I can't close these tabs out. Like everything's in process here. I don't get it. Why don't you just save your tabs using like a bookmark manager? Why don't we just get on IT tech support? <laughs> Why don't we just do tech support right now? All, well, <laughs> I, need, I need an IT help and I have you on the line. <laughs> no, so oh, I actually man. looked up, I pulled up the Falcon here because oh, I nice. remember there was some things of it that I didn't remember. Um, so what, for being a slip chain, what was the issues of getting this thing made? It wasn't that. It was I had an idea in mind of kind of getting like changing up the scales getting that pattern to be right was challenging like that jig pattern it was going to be the first time like exploring that type of pattern where it's like mimicking almost like a natural hand jigging Uh, there was a lot of like Like, logistics like that were difficult like i see what you mean because like like people don't like for me looking at it i could tell what would be the issue here uh so jig patterns are really random pattern and yeah cad softwares aren't good at random they're good at uniform and right and Precisely. I'm looking at it here. You could see each jig is he just kind of hand drew them and then like eyeball sculpted them out. Is what I'm assuming you did here because it looks random and not actually. It, yeah, it is, so it is. Yeah, it is. That that was the whole idea. It was like I wanted to get that done right, but it wasn't even just the um, the design work. It was also like the manufacturing was a bit challenging. Without getting into the weeds of it too much, it was just it was hard for us to like get it into a format that I was. I, I wanted. I wanted it to be like again, very like. If you ever look at like the like a, the backspacer view of like when you look at it down the spine, you get this like marriage of materials that's really interesting. It was also the first time we were doing something where we kind of cut out the back end, like the like the back ninety percent of the scale to put on the carbon fiber and titanium overlays, and I wanted them to kind of a curved rat tail is not something that you find very often in a slip joint. And that was also another really cool design cue that I wanted to like make sure was there. Like that curve in and of itself, the way the top chamfer kind of hits the bolster gives it like this visual interest without it looking busy. There was a lot of things that I just wanted it to be like to be right. Like it's a pinch grip. It solved a lot of problems that I had with all the slip joints that I have where like it's just a pain in the ass to get them out. I hate that. It's the worst. It's the worst. Like my fingernails aren't made out of like adamantium. Like I can't rip like it just hurts yeah. to open this knife some of the the nail necks and the fullers are like too small and it, it's really yeah so like it was and all the pinch grip ones if you ever see like the old pinch grip designs they're all like kind of awkwardly like half moon shaped cutouts for you to like pinch the blade out and i was like 
well, where do I put my hand now that you put that you put that half moon in there? So it was always something that I wanted to kind of design around and, and make it like kind of feel cohesive. Um, it was also the first time we did a design that has three points in which the knife can be viewed. There's like an open and close for every other knife, but we did a half stop on the Falcon. So it has a half stop and I wanted for the Falcon for it to have a flow in the half stop. So if you see it in the half stop position, it actually flows from blade to handle in a very unique way. It kind of carries that line from the from the top end, which yeah, I thought that's was kind funny. of one of the year design points I've noticed over the years. Uh, you always design the blade to flow in a certain way in the open and close positions. Yeah, uh, it's kind of something you've carried on throughout all your designs as a focus yeah. point that I've seen and noticed. Yeah, I like it. I like it because you don't always like nine times out of ten. Actually, you don't look at the knife when it's open you look at it when it's closed. And so like the way it looks like when it's closed is sometimes how you identify it when it's on a table or within a drawer. Um, so I always thought that was like interesting. Obviously like certain models, it won't make sense. Like the space constraints won't make sense for it, but like there's always like room for like your flair within it. And I think like, I don't know, it's, it's just a fun thing to do, right? It's like a fun thing to like play with that that type of shape. And I think like, I think Elijah probably spends a lot of time doing the same thing, to be honest. Like, from what I've seen, like, there's a oh, yeah. lot of time spent in that alone because it's important. Like, gotta have that flow, man. And, like you said, closed position, the looks of it, and yeah, the geometry there has just important. It's gotta flow. I mean, it is true that when you're choosing a knife, um, Generally, it's going to be closed and it's going to it's going to be either, you know, in most cases, pocket clip up just because it's flat on the other side. That's how I generally put them in like in my bespoke ass leather EDC trays um, <laughs> where I have like I my, say pants, <laughs> pants where I just where I just lay them on my, <laughs> my bespoke leather pants. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like EDC leather bras is where yes. I was going. Yes. Yeah, of course. Because like, yep. The, yeah, the larger the cup size, the more surface area you have for knives. That's correct. But yeah, I mean, it, in the closed position is right. It's just as crucial. It's for funny sure. that you mentioned that all the knives on my table that have pocket clips are all pocket clip up. <laughs> I just yeah, noticed yeah. that. If you try to put a knife down, pocket clip down, it's just like teeters left and right. And it's like, oh, that's just going to end poorly. Like, okay. It's bad business. Yeah, it's bad not, business, yo. Yeah, that's not, that's not great. You just gotta you know, you gotta you gotta perfectly line the the thirty two PM threes in your drawer all pocket clip up. That's the thing. Otherwise, you know, if they're pocket clip down, how are you gonna what are you gonna do there? How are you gonna know? How are you gonna know? You're not gonna know. You gotta know. <laughs> and the Falcon doesn't even have a pocket clip, right? Right. So that was another interesting thing was that it was the first model we did without one, like intentionally without one. And it's just more the knife. Like it's it's more what a slip joint really is in a lot of ways. It's like put it in the watch pocket in your jeans, like drop it in at the bottom of your keys, like let it let it just let it just develop its own personality and carry it. And I like that with a smaller knife, like I like that with just uh something that's designed to be kind of taken out, used and put back. Like that's a very much a slip joint thing, if you can think about it. Like it's not as it's just like one of those old timey objects and looking at that with fresh eyes I think is a fun thing to do yeah that's a good way to look at it actually 
Like you either take it so seriously that you're so worried about it or you're like, I'm going to take these cues that I like and I'm going to throw the rest of this in the garbage and I'm just going to go with it. And I think that's that's a good rep of, of what the of what the Falcon is. It, it has cues, but otherwise it's it's a totally it's a fresh look at it. And I think you need to think about things that way. Like I know that there's a lot of like kind of replicating things that have been done and, and there's no there's no harm in that. I think there's a lot of like interesting makers that are doing things with like older pattern types and like think there's something fun about pushing the boundaries of what that means to carry something new. Um I think that's what a lot of people look for now, to be honest. I think that's what brings new people into like the knife world as they see something actually new. And even if it's just something that's, I think that's what's kind of interesting now is like the evolution of like, it's familiar enough for me not to be alienated by the idea, but it's new enough to get me excited about it. If that makes sense. Yeah. There's a happy medium there for sure. And I think you're right when, when people on the outside, it's a weird way to put it. Um, like see see these objects that were that we're we're all obsessing over all the time i think that there's sometimes there's like very specific ones that that draw them in you know they're like oh that's kind of interesting like tell me more about that like i'd like to know more word bubble so it's like you know that that's the thing and i think you might be onto something with that yep and it's always like a risk like i know like none of this stuff is like guaranteed to pan out it's more just a doing our best i guess for us to try to make things that like our community would really enjoy um and try to like make it something that's like accessible like i've been i remember how hard it was for me to save up for my first like hundred dollar folder like i remember that like i like i vividly remember it i remember it being like a i got researched a ton and like i made an effort for me to like know everything about it and like even then it was hard. It was hard to like take that plunge for the first time. So making even that process just easier for somebody who's new, I think is a cool thing. It's a cool thing to be like the gateway knife for X person. Like it's a cool thing. Yeah. It's gotta be somebody's first. Yeah. I say that a lot about things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's all part of the, it's part of the process. Like it's, it's even more exciting to, to, talk to someone you know and right blade was a great place to do that um it's talk to someone who's very unfamiliar with uh with knives and knife design and, and they're just they are looking for some tool like they i i've personally have met that that character once or twice at blade show where they're like they're either a new person or somebody's somebody brought somebody and they're like you know i have 200 bucks and i've been walking around for days and i you know this is the money i have allotted to come here to buy to buy a knife i know this is the place to do it and they're just they're so they're so overwhelmed you know they've seen so much and at the end of at the end of the weekend they'll end up with something that that fits their needs their wants and you know but yeah it it is for most people that that first initial knife is it's expensive and there's a lot of there's probably a lot of emo i don't even remember what it's like but there's a lot of emotion in there where you're just like, oh my god, I have to make the right decision. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you're like, I'm gonna fuck this up. I'm gonna fuck this up. Like, oh my god. That's still me. So what's the next one? Yeah, right. Let's restart this panic. Let's let's do this over again. It's more expensive. Yeah, right. Every time you have to up the ante, or else you're just not you're not alive. That's the thing. 
You just gotta, you just gotta. And then it reverts, and then it's about cheap times again. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is 100%. so weird. That is 100%. so weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm still that way. I think I still like labor over like my decisions. Like, I have a chaparral, the FRN one, and I like saw the sun and moon come out this summer, and I was like, but 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 that one. <laughs> That's like, the one though. Like but, that. But that one. one, and I've literally been on the fence since. Every time I look at it, I was like, mm, maybe. Eh, what's it gonna <laughs> take? I don't know. I don't know. Oh man. It's yes. always like an adventure. Expensive knives, right? Cheap knives, expensive knives, and then somehow back to just appreciating cheap knives. But there's always, I don't know. Cheap is not the appropriate term, but right, affordable, affordable. affordable. You know, yeah. it's just it's a different thing. Um, As we get off track here, we're yeah, right. The knife budgets. Uh, what about we didn't talk about the hunter? Oh, so the hunter was a very cool idea that like. Now, I was gonna say that was a different one at the time. It kind of broke a price barrier of what they, yeah. what the import knives kind of were. Right, right. So like, I think that was the first knife we ever did for one ninety nine, and I was extremely excited about the idea because it was the old, the cheapest knife before that was I think the antidote, which was two forty nine. But that came out I think like two years before that, so it was a long time since we did a knife in that price bracket. And what we noticed was that, like, people really, really enjoyed it. Like, people really enjoyed, like, the profile of the Hunter, the way the Hunter kind of functioned. It was a lot of people's first entry into a front flipper. So we got to have, like, that education process as a part of it. But they weren't committed to it because it also had an opening hole. So it was, like, all these other, like, little things. Um, It was also, I think, the first model that we did that didn't hide in the handle completely. So that was, like, a fun design departure. Um, but evolution nonetheless opened us up to like more blade shapes. Um, and so, yeah, like the, the, like I was super stoked about the Hunter and it seemed like people really were excited about it as well. Um, there's actually some cool news coming out. I can't leak it out yet, but it will be soon Hunter esque related. Um, something very different. So that's, that, that should be fun. Hunter and and it's also going to be, boom. <laughs> That might be my favorite design from you. The Hunter? Yeah, I think so far. Oh, awesome. That that means a lot, man. Something about like it, it's yeah. a, it's like The Bowie. The clip it's points a futurist are cool, Bowie. dude. Yeah, like I like clip, clip points. points are like, great. I like the bow. I like Bowie. I used to hate them. I like clip points. Me too. I used to just I think hate I hated clip points, them. But now I love them. Still not a fan. There's like a delicacy. Clip points? Yeah, like how, I don't know. I never liked them. They're very delicate towards the front end, and it gives them like an interesting, aggressive yet functional taper for detail work, which I appreciate because a lot of like my EDC tasks aren't very, um, you know, lumberjacking through a forest. It's more like lumberjacking through Dave's boxes. Um, so it's like it's it's very adept for that. It's very good at that. It's the same reason why I like worn clips actually. Like I think worn clips are probably the most usable blade shape. When it comes to actual EDC, like if you're actually oh, going to yeah. use it every day, sure. worn clips are the vibe. Like they get the job done. Um, Modified but honestly, I've been really getting into like, like in terms of like new designs, the ones that are coming out like later this year, hopefully early next year, is like kind of like really well refined like drop points. Like like how do you make a drop point look unique within a profile? 
that's something very interesting because like drop points have been done since forever right but like doing one that's like new and effective it, it, i don't know it's just a fun design experience to do things like that instead of like the flame where it's like uh you know a multi-ground whip shape that's like very very unique that is a that's another great the flame is uh, rather distinctive yeah yeah that was a cuff soft design and I've only had a couple of them. I think the flame is probably one of two that actually made it into production where I just completely took the cuffs off. I was like, I'm going to like, if this is the last one I do, this will probably be a very, very interesting day. Like, we're just, we're just going to do this. We're just going to roll this dice and see what happens. The funny thing is that it was actually I like, remember what the, Oh, that's the one you were designing on live that one day. And I joined and was busting balls about the clip, about the clip. And I ended up changing the clip. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call it you said it i don't know if you made a comment about it being phallic shaped and i was like shit he's right <laughs> yeah it says about him it looked like a it was phallic shaped and like you he literally milled in slots and the end just looked like a dickhead and i was like bro you, got, you gotta change that <laughs> like not <laughs> like not son that's not good i mean it's really good for you to have a pocket clip next to your actual penis that looks like a penis that way See? you remember where where your penis is like some people forget that's what know? the tie is for my guy yeah. Appendix carry. <laughs> Shit, yeah, guy. I'm here. I'm here. Like it's like in the bottom of a mine. And you're like, no, oh, besides okay. this vagina mine. I don't. I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but but HEA, it's not a one man show these days. Right. It's not. So shout out to Carl. Carl is. He's been like super helpful. Like without him, I don't think we would have been as effective. To be honest, over the past couple of years. Um, he joined HEA, I want to say two, three years ago and has been a major, major help in both assisting on the design side. He's grown into helping out on the social side as well. Like Carl is as much HEA as I am. Like he, he, he's literally like, we couldn't do the things that we're doing now without him. So major shout out to Carl. Okay. Right on. Build the team, man. Yeah, so it's uh, it's always been like a. I feel like the the. It's it wasn't really like about like you know, shouldering the burden all on my own. It was always about like kind of just. Getting as much help where we needed it, and like it, he's definitely helped out a lot. Like in terms of just, being able for us to take like a more analytical approach also to like the way we design and like taking concepts and like exploring ideas before they become in the metal i think is like kind of going back to the whole prototyping thing it's like where i want to like evolve our design process because everything's a process right like everything that you do like if you're going to do it once you're going to do it again you kind of want to get better at doing it at some point right and so all that kind of comes into play and it's always like helpful when you have like somebody else to riff off of that's like still gonna be kind of approach the problem from maybe a different angle than the way you saw it um what's cool about carl is also that like he was a knife guy before he got into industrial design which was always really cool so he has like a completely he, he sees the industry also from a different angle and he has a sick sick knife collection like and it's just a, it's just a good vibe, you know, like to have somebody who like knows, like, it's not just an object to them. Like for them, it's like, he thinks about it the same way I do, if that makes sense. 
Now, how do you find Carl? Did he find Because, like, right now, I'm somewhat yeah. on the search for a third-part-time employee. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was actually man. very unique. Like, I, I, I wish I had a more repeatable answer. Like, it, Carl picked up a poison at Blade Show. And I got, I talked to him. I talked to his dad, um, who's a mechanic. Um, he was an, he was an engineer and he was telling me about like Carl's doing industrial design and he's like finishing up and like, it was just a great conversation and we ended up keeping in touch and, you know, we started to like kind of chat about like some, some minor projects and then it just, you know how it goes. Like things just snowball. Like when things click, they click and like it worked out really well. Um, I'm super grateful. I don't think if I like went and tried to find somebody, like I would probably have a tougher time trying to find somebody. But Nick, if you're looking for somebody, I would definitely try to find somebody with, um, ideally somebody that's within like the knife world so they can have the, the knife user empathies. Like they can understand where people are coming from when they like a design and when they don't. Um, and if not, then just the industrial design route, somebody who's like really into gear. That's another like good place to start. Because that's like the same sensibilities, right? Somebody who cares about what they carry, it carries over into the way they look at design. It carries over into like the way they think about shapes and things that are going to be real. Like there's a lot of like theoretical designers who are like building things that are going to be like, this is an L-shaped building. Check it out. I was like, how are you going to do that though? Like, how are you going to L it? Like, Like, how's that going to work, guy? (laughs) Right. You're like, no, it's L. Elevator goes left to right, up down. Just take the L, man. Just take, just take, shit, just take, yeah. just take the L. Shit, yeah. But Nick, you're a great teacher, dude. I'm sure you can you can like bring somebody up and yeah. The ropes. I, don't, I don't got time to teach people. That's the I'm problem. Busy uh, man. I, I like I'd like to hire someone who could just do the job and like, but I need someone part time at the moment as things are going right. to be changing heavily. Right. Really right. soon here. Uh, he, like that's the thing. <laughs> But also finding someone local is the hardest part. Yeah, local's tough. Actually, Carl's out of we are a we are all remote. So like Carl is out of Massachusetts. Whoa. So shout out to to Massachusetts. Wow. The greatest state. I'm telling you. Spirit it's the one America. with the the greatest mass if you're <laughs> if you're trying to compare masses. Yes. This is accurate. <laughs> It could work for both remote and not. It's technically CAD work, but I would like someone either who can design all my fixtures and and most of the CAD for me. But Mm. ideally, if I could find some like machinist or someone wants to who knows enough, like just tinker around on small like hobby machines, right, right, who could Mm. run like my machinery or stuff like that, like a spaceship or something. Yeah, anyone who has like good like cam experience in. I guess Infusion would be a good uh Yeah, no, like people candidate. like that don't exist in New York City. No, definitely not in New York, like, dude. Like, I tell I people like I'm a machinist, it's like, what? Yeah, yeah, you're going to have a you tough make time things? in New York. What? You make things? You make a things? social like, engineer. Excuse me, do you make coffee? Like, I don't understand. Like, can you clarify? Can you clarify, please? Like, I make the coffee machine, or I can. I can't, well. Uh, you machine sure. the coffee into grounds? Is that what you do, sir? Just trying to get an understanding. Sir, I can't bespoke imagine anyone. Bespoke coffee grinders. Oh, by Nick, sir. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I've made parts for bespoke coffee grinders. So I'm halfway there. Ooh, ooh. 
Did you yeah. did you bespeak it yourself, or did you have somebody bespeak it for you? I made I made I made transitional no, bespeaking. I, I I signed off on the bespokeness of the coffee tempers I made. Sure. Ooh, coffee. Oh, oh, one that uses a grinder up. motor. Yeah. yeah. It grinds your beans in two seconds. Milliseconds of grinding. Okay. Now we're going off on tangents here and there. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up, <laughs> Sam? Nick keeps before reeling we start doing in. our sign-offs. We're reeling it in. Uh, no, guys, like this has been great. Like, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Um, if you guys are interested in the Falcon or the Anchor, keep an eye out. Please subscribe to the HEA newsletter and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at HEA Designs. Nice. Okay. Very good. Got got the social medias. Is there is there an email that works for you? Yeah, contact at headesigns.com or you could just go on the website. Um, get a hold of me anywhere you like. Nice. Okay. Very cool. That's 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 the way to do it. Reach reach out, get in contact, do the follows, do the feeds, get the socials yeah. rocking and rolling, man. Um yeah, uh, Sam, it's 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 been a it's been a pleasure and a, and a learning experience both twice. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to the show circuit this year, hopefully. So I would I would Absolutely. imagine if if it happens, you you'll be a blade show. Hundred percent. I still have Are my table somehow. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. See. No, I won't be going to ice. Unfortunately, I think my next uh, appearance when I come out of my cave with rats will be blade show. Damn. <laughs> All right. I'm actually not going to leave the house until Blade Show. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's commitment. Uh, right. Definitely not. Like, I'm, I'm out of the house right now. I'm actually in the street. So <laughs> Remote. Recording remote. All that's right. Well, Blade Wi-Fi. Show should be fun. That's that's going to be the show. That's just I on the curb. Too. On the curb. I'm just, I'm just on the street. Damn. <laughs> just, <laughs> just freezing my ass off and, like, teeth chattering. It's, it's chilly out Stealing there, Wi-Fi. Right? <laughs> Right, I'm actually at your door, Nick. Uh, you have a package. <laughs> Is that what my 3D printer want? Can you let me in, sir? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm hearing this weird buzzing sound. Oh, it's the electric socks. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everything's all plugged electric. in to keep the extremities right, right. warm. I'm all wired in now. Oh, man. Good times. All right, all right well, uh, it's it's been a pleasure. I'll I'll start the round. This, is, this has been a... The vocal representation of, of Jeremiah Burbank, and I'm signing off. It's Nick Chuprin of NCC Knives. Elijah Isham of Isham Blade Works. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. I just have an ad that popped up. You never get from you never guess whose ad just popped up on my Instagram feed. Zebo. No. Zebo has Michael ads? Wa- Michael Walker is paying what? for Instagram ads. Yeah, man. Damn. It's it's him milling something out.
That's gangster. For what? For his <laughs> knives? Uh, no, it's it's if you go on his uh, his feed, it's the second post where he's like milling out a bolster. Yeah, but what's the ad for? It's just a picture of him milling something out. <laughs> so it's just like you should just he's, Michael he's Walker. Like, period. He, like look at it, enjoy it, Michael Walker. 